What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner 3 Podcast. I am your host, Canyon Cole, and with me, as always, is that beautiful man on the other screen, Marshall Clayton. Marshall, what's up? What up? Glad to be back. Oh, yeah. Um, got a little bit of a different type of podcast for you guys today. Usually, <clears throat> we split up and go NBA and college basketball, but today, as college basketball is in full swing, and you know we're about a third of the way through the NBA season, we're... Uh, Decided to do our whatever season it is right now, mock draft. Uh, 2022-2023. Yeah, 2022-2023 mock draft just for this far into the year. Obviously, right now, we don't know what teams have what picks. So it's more of a big board-oriented type of mock draft. You know, we're just listing off who we think is the best player overall at each pick, not necessarily who we think should go where. Yeah, just Um, who we – Basically, who we like the most in the top 30, you know, first round. Yeah, so we got, we'll go through 30 picks. We'll go through our top 20 kind of in depth, and then that bottom 10, we'll just kind of burn through. And then we might mention some guys that need some nods uh, outside of the top 30 that might rise as the year goes on. Yeah. Um, to start here, obviously, at the one and two spots, it's pretty consensus all around. So we're not going to talk much about them. It's, you know, Victor Wimbanyama out, out of France and then Scoot Henderson out, out of the G League Ignite. Um, you know, any other draft that's happened in the last 10 years, Scoot's probably going to go number one. But you got freaking Giannis Antetokounmpo on steroids out here and Victor Wimbanyama. Who absolutely just destroyed uh, again today. I think he put it like, I think I saw like 27 and 13 or something in his game today. So he's just crazy he's doing crazy him. things every time he's on the court. Yeah, it's crazy watching him play basketball. He does insane things, and it looks like he's not even trying. Like It looks like he's not even having fun in the highlights he's seeing. Just let him end up in – I don't even know where I want him to end up at this point. Where, where, do you, where would you want him? I just yeah, want him to be on the Pelicans. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want him to go to the Pelicans. I really just think – I don't want him to go to Orlando either. Yeah. Uh, I want him to go somewhere where he can be the dude. And yeah. if he goes to Orlando, he's, he's going to play Paulo's the dude. And then Franz, I mean, obviously, he's probably better than Franz. Yeah. But, I mean, him and Paulo are going to go back and forth. If he goes to New Orleans, that's not even going to be like. I don't like a lot of people think that team fair. might be. What do you mean fair? Yeah, yeah but it also, be... they also might not be good. Yeah. It, it would be. There's only one ball. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely a weird. Yeah, that's one thing everyone's got to remember. You don't want too many superstars because we've seen how that kind of pans out. I think it'd be fun to see him on like a, the Pistons or somebody like that. You know, him and Cade. Yeah, I would. I think I, that's. A, I, like that. I just I hate how Detroit. I hate Detroit in general. I so it'd be weird to see him in. The, but 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 it would be him and Cade would be fun. I'd admit that. That'd be a good. I, I just want him to go somewhere where like he's. Clear cut one, he's or the clear guy. Cut two. The guy. Yeah, like yeah. you know, he's playing alongside somebody that's kind of good, but not necessarily going to overtake. I don't want Charlotte. Say Charlotte would honestly love him if, if yeah. Charlotte he's find their way. Compete with Melo. Yeah, but I think he would let Lamelo <laughs> who yeah, runs things true. pretty quick. But I mean, Lamelo would get his. Don't, don't get me wrong, but yeah. But and then, anyway, we can move on to our next. Yeah. You know, going to start with number three. Yeah, I'm going to start with number three. Uh, did we decide you're going first or I am? Uh, I'll give mine first, and then we can go okay. to you. Yeah, because I think uh, we, if we even have the same, you can kind of dive in more de- more depth, you know. Okay. Uh, so, obviously, we said Victor Scoot, number one, number two. Number three, I have Nick Smith out of Arkansas. 
the six five guard. Um, and I, I I'm looking down because I have just some notes I've written down as I've gone through this. But uh, pretty much I, I got down. He's shown he can score from anywhere on the court. Uh, has can create his own shot. That's what I've. That's what I love about him the most. Uh, and it's what you need in the NBA if, if, if in this era is the guys that create their own shots and can score and shoot and shoot well. Six uh, nine wingspan also uh, can be a lengthy defender. Uh, like he can get to his spot. I also like that about him. Uh, I think some. I also have wrote down some, you know, just points that they could get better at, you know, that I, I think some improving spots, uh, getting finishing ability around the rim. Uh, he, he's put up triple doubles in high school. So I think he could be a go-to guy for a lot of teams. And I think that's his ceiling is really high is what I like yeah. about him the most in that three spot. Yeah. I also have Nick Smith Jr. at three here. Um, talked about by many as, you know, the best NBA draft prospect in college basketball because Victor's in France and then Scoot's in the G League. Uh, but, I mean, he just yeah. he's just a do-everything combo guard, you know. Yeah. There might be some stuff within his game that he's not the best at, but there's really no 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 holes you can shine a light on where it's just like a massive gap in his game, you know. He can shoot, right. he can pass, he can defend, he can rebound. And he's 6'5 with a 6'9 wingspan. So, it's, you know, he's he's kind of the best all-around type of player you can get right there. Um a lot of the times when it falls to three, you know, and like for instance in the RJ Barrett draft, you're just kind of hoping that the guy you're taking at three is the guy you want. And I think, right, you know, obviously whoever's picking at three right here would probably prefer one or two, but sitting at number three, you're still getting a really good player, Nick Smith Jr. In my opinion. Yeah, and I I think as we talk about these guys, like I would say the top there's top, I mean top five seven guys you're getting all star superstar potential ceiling type yeah. guys, but. I mean, there's some raw guys that have to develop, but it, it's one of it's one of the deeper drafts, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you had Nick Smith at three, so uh, we can go to four. Uh, I had Eamon Thompson, is that right? Eamon um, Thompson, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, super excited about him. He, I he plays uh, with overtime elite, six seven, great size, and athletic ability. Um, I, I I think he's shown he has a lot of combination of moves that he can use. Uh, on defenders with his with his first step, I think he's got a super quick first step and can get to the rim. Uh, what I've seen on him uh, has vision, has shown the vision to be a playmaker on the court as well. Uh, he's a young guy, obviously playing in the G League, but I think he's shown he has pretty good high basketball IQ. I think it's whoever ends up with him, you know, uh, obviously it's they're probably wanting to be in that top three. But if if they if Almond Thompson's their consolation prize, I think everyone would be pretty excited about that. It's quite yeah, quite I, I as well. So. I also have Almond Thompson here at four, so a lot of I think really for these first like six, seven picks, we'll probably have a lot of the same. Uh, yeah, Almond, if you remember a couple of years ago, him and his twin brother Osar uh, made headlines when they were sixteen years old and signed with the G League Ignite. Yeah, so one of the first few to do do that thing. They're finally coming to fruition. Obviously, we'll talk about Osar a little bit later. He's not as yeah. talented as his brother Almond, but like you're saying, Almond is just a freak athletically. An absolute freak on the athletic spectrum. Uh, does everything really well. He, out of the two brothers, he's the better playmaker. He's a really gifted passer, really good defender. His big knock is his shooting, and it's the same with both brothers. Yeah. They're both athletic freaks. They both play hard defensively. They just can't shoot right now. And out of the two, the reason Almond's so much higher is his form and just overall his percentages are higher than Osar's. I believe Amen, you know, in a year or two, we'll figure out how to shoot, especially at the NBA level, getting worked on, you know. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure really how hard those dudes at the G League Ignite train them. And so I don't think it's helping him at all that he's there. I think if he was in college, he'd probably get developed a little bit more. And Alvin Thompson, I mean, he's shown a lot, everything else outside of shooting. So I'm like, okay. if he can bring that shooting into just being an average shooter, you know, around the, around the perimeter, he could be scary. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a, many mock drafts out there have, you know, him and Nick Smith Jr. flipped. Kind of like, like that four, three or four. Yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen Alvin Thompson. There. And, I mean, for me and then for you, like you said, the reason I think I have Nick <clears throat> above Almond is he's already shooting. Right. Yeah. In today's NBA, you have to shoot the ball. You have so, to shoot. That's at least a given. Exactly. If you don't have anything else, you have to shoot. Especially if you're a top five pick, you got to be able to shoot the ball. And it's not necessarily that Almond can't shoot at all. He's not. You know, if you leave him open, he'll hit it. But it's you know, he's not somebody you want taking those shots right now. Right. You know. But I mean, yeah, I agree. I have Almond at four. Not a lot of holes in his game outside of the shooting. Agree. Uh, at number five, I have Brandon Miller out of Me Alabama. <laughs> so, I'm, okay, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about myself because I know the Candy Cole follows this very closely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on the right track here. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Miller out of Alabama. Uh, I've seen he seems like he'd be really good in a heavy ISO role. I think that kind of fits his game. So, depending on you know what you want in your team and what you want in your players, he could he could uh, be that kind of role for you. Uh, he's just great at creating his own shot using his size and combination dribble moves to find space. And I think, you know, in the league today, if you have those type of moves, it's it's all about finding that space where you can get the mid-range jumper or get to the rim or create space with your outside shot as well. Um, I, I do think he has the ability to come an elite scorer, uh, mm-hmm. an elite player at the next level. Um, I Obviously, he's another guy that just needs more consistent with his perimeter shooting. He's not like an Amon Thompson. It's more developed than Amon Thompson, I would think. Uh, but I think that's definitely a, 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 mm-hmm. something to be at least more consistent for him. Yeah, I also – I have Brandon Miller at number five, and I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have him closer to like nine or ten, and I just can't really understand his why. Size, his size at 6'8", being able to create like he does, that's just yeah. – it, it screams like potential for me. I mean, I he's – and I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of drafting off of potential, but – right. Take away his potential. He's six foot nine, averaging seventeen and eight, shooting forty two percent on seven attempts from deep. Yeah, so that's not even very- potential at that point. Like, he, like you're talking about, he has the potential to become an elite scorer. But his yeah. floor, he's coming into the NBA, shooting forty percent from deep at six foot nine, and so yeah, I mean that's, and that's, he's a good that's, defender. That's exactly what you want in your like archetype of a three and D guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the very least, he's your three and D role player. That- which a lot of that's what teams almost all teams need. Yeah, I kind of compare him to a, you know, Jabari Smith from last year. He's more offensively gifted to Jabari and slightly less gifted on the defensive end. Yeah. But I like him more than I like Jabari Smith last year. Yeah, uh, he's Jabari Smith last year. If you remember, he was real stiff offensively, and he still yeah. is. He can't handle the still ball. Still has not well. developed. Has a lot of growth on that and side of the ball. Brandon Miller already can dribble. He can. I mean. I watched him, you know, in that four overtime game against North Carolina go against probably the best perimeter defender in college basketball in Leaky Black. And, I mean, Leaky made his life hell, but he still – he went at Leaky. He was not scared of Leaky Black. And, in my opinion, Leaky Black's an NBA defender. So, like – For sure. We saw him go at him right there. I, I'm I'm real big on Brandon Miller. I, I was flip-flopping between him and Amin Thompson at four, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, number six, this guy's just crawling up my board pretty quickly. I've moved him up from 
when we when we planned on this a couple weeks ago. I think I had him around ten, but now I'm at six, and that's Anthony Black out of Arkansas. Uh, just what I've seen from him in the in the early tournaments, that dude's shown a lot of being able to get get his get to his spots, find a shot, uh, and just being a, a really incredible playmaker for Arkansas. And I think that's something that can translate. Uh, and he has that size. He's also, I think he's uh, six seven. Yeah, he's six seven. And he, if you put him at PG playing six seven, I mean that's 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 hard to beat right there. Um, he's really crafty, and so I think that can also help him uh, in the next level. He might not be, might not have the biggest burst, but I think with his craftiness and and getting into the paint and finding his his space and his shot is going to be uh, could be lethal. Yeah. Uh... I I also have Anthony Black here at six. So again, through these top couple picks, we're gonna we're hitting in the same area. Um, yeah. With Anthony Black, you know, six foot seven guard who can do just about everything. So uh, you know, he's I think he's like Nick's a step below Nick Smith Jr. You know, right. he's, they're the same archetype of player. He's bigger. Nick Smith Jr. is probably more skilled at everything, but not by a long, not by a massive margin. Anthony Black's a really good player, and. Yeah. As we go through this mock draft deeper and deeper, I'm going to go back to this point a whole bunch. There's guards from every draft of the last couple of years that were not highly talked about, and they panned out to be so good. Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Uh, right. We're seeing it in Andrew Nimhard right now. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, I don't know why people didn't talk about Andrew Nimhard more. Yeah, what he's draft. showing is like, yeah. okay, why didn't anyone talk about this? I don't get it. And so, like, Anthony Black, I think, is a perfect example. He's – Six seven, he can play the one, two, or the three. He can shoot. He can defend. He can rebound. He's you know he's just again all around player. I like him there at six. Yeah. Uh, also, his I mean his, another thing is he I mean he can work on his shooting as well. It's extending his range. I don't he doesn't really settle for threes much. Uh, he likes to get to the mm-hmm. rim. So you know that's just something we'll see as the season goes on. Uh, number seven, right? Yeah, number seven. I have. So I, I guess we've had a we've had a theme so far mainly is long forwards, tall taller you know guys six seven six eight that can create. Uh, but I'm going with Casey Wallace here at, at number okay. seven uh, six three, so a little bit smaller. But I love his his ability to self create for himself and his mid range and 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 his just just being a jump shooter in general. Uh, out of Kentucky, right? That's where he's playing right. Yeah, Kentucky. I've just been watching a lot of draft scout videos, but uh tall jump shooter, uh decent enough of vision to make up for the lack of explosion. But I also think he has the tools to be a great perimeter defender. I think he can be a really good two way guard. Uh kind of has the size maybe to be kind of like a uh a Drew Holiday, maybe not as physical, but we can see what he can develop into if it's mm-hmm. muscle on for sure. But definitely a guy I like at seven. So this is where we finally have some you know, some, <laughs> some differences. differences. I- I have Casey Wallace down at uh, number ten. Okay, so uh, I don't like his size compared to his skill set. Those are the biggest yeah, reasons. Yeah, that's ten. He's six, he three. doesn't shoot it to me well enough to be a one, and he doesn't have a tight enough handle to be a point guard. Yeah, he's six foot three. He's, in my opinion, too short to play the two. So it's he's going to be in between that tweener role. Which don't get me wrong, I think he's going to have a decent NBA career. He's just. Hard for me to take him that much higher when he doesn't have a defined role. Um, you know, I have on here, he's a do-it-all guard as well. I like, like you're talking about, I like his defense. I like the Drew Holiday comparison. I didn't think about that. I do like that. Yeah. I think offensively, he's not as far as Drew Holiday was, and I don't think he ever will right. be. But if you get a guard at 10 that defends like Drew Holiday, then he'll take it every single day, or at seven in your case. Uh, yeah. 
my big thing with him is I don't know if I buy his shot. He's shooting 41% from three, which is really good, but he's also shooting 50% from the line. And so it's I can't tell if it's he's just struggling mentally from the free throw line, but he's going to be able to shoot it or if he's just hot right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I, mean, I have him at 10, so it's not that big of a disparity. Right. So um, who, do you got at, who do you got at seven? At seven, I have Cam Whitmore out of Villanova. Okay. Uh, NBA body, NBA athlete right now. He uh, he missed the first couple games of the year, which gave Villanova a pretty tough start to their year. He had a thumb injury. Uh, I think it, the reason he missed so many games, I think, was just more precautionary. I don't think it's a big issue. I think he had like a sprained ligament this time he needed to take care of, and they just kind of held him out at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. His big, thing, his big thing is his shot, and he shot it to me better than I thought he would coming into the year. And his self-creating for his shot is a lot better than I thought it would be coming into the year. So his body's NBA size, his athleticism is already at the NBA level. If his shot comes around, you know, I really like him at that three or that small ball four area. I think him at yeah. six foot seven, six foot eight playing your four is a really good, really good player. Yeah, and he's only played three games so far this college mm-hmm. season uh, coming back from that injury. And I think it kind of shows how impressive he is with, I mean, Villanova did not look good uh, early this year, and yeah. since he's been back, they've played Boston College, University of Penn, and OU, and they're 3-0 in those three games. And you can tell he's had a big presence in those winning, in winning those mm-hmm. games for them. So I definitely like him at seven. I, I have him later on. We'll get to that, but uh, definitely like him as well in his size. Uh, uh, number eight. Yeah, number eight. Number eight, I've got ooh, my my favorite raw prospect of the draft. I've got G.G. Jackson. I do, too. Okay. I want this guy to – I don't even have to know if the Thunder are looking for this type of guy, but I want the Thunder to draft him. Uh, 6'9", super young, obviously very raw. Uh, but just what I've seen in him, it, his ability to finish around the rim so far, and he's shown the ability to shoot outside. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if those, the percentages match up well for him, but I, he's shown a lot at South Carolina. That, I'm also just very excited for him because he's made a bigger impact at South Carolina so far than I would originally thought. I thought it would take him a little bit to get into the season, but I think he's putting up 17 and nine. Uh, but definitely, just definitely, it's definitely a more upside pick. I don't think he's going to be someone that sparks uh, a team early when he's drafted, yeah. but definitely excited for his future and what he could, he could become. Yeah, I mean, I also I have him at number eight here, and I think your draft if you draft a seventeen year old who's averaging seventeen and nine in the in the SEC, uh, yeah, at number eight, nine, or ten, that's exactly what you're looking for. Somebody you can build off potential. I mean, the Knicks drafted Kevin Knox at number eight a couple years ago, and we see how that turned out. But I think Gigi Jackson is right now as a seventeen year old is more more advanced than Kevin Knox was at that level, or really all yeah. those type of guys that get taken. I, I really like him. He is unbelievably advanced for a 17-year-old. Yes. I hate him as a person because he decommitted from North Carolina at the last <laughs> second, but uh really like him as a player. I also have, I have him at number eight here. You know, you're taking him off a of straight potential. He's not going to plug in yeah. and play, but I like to kind of compare him to the lights of like a Kyle Kuzma, but he's already yep. – he's so much younger than Kyle Kuzma was when he got drafted, but he's at about the same skill level. So I like I like him there. Yeah, and I think he's got a, a little bit of a skinny frame, so we'll see. I mean, obviously, he'll put some weight on to get to the NBA. But, uh, yeah, he's one of my guys I think that could keep moving up the board just because of how young he is. And I mean, mm-hmm. 
he's gonna have GM if he keeps playing like he's gonna have GMs just like chomping at the bit to draft him. And that's, yeah. I, I think even all the way up to top number five, you know, depending on how good he can be. Man, we made it through eight picks right now. We only have one disparity. Look at it. Look at you go. I know. I know. Who knew? Who knew? Look at that. I have a feeling we're going to have a disparity here on number nine. Let me see. Yeah. What you I, have well, here. I think that once we get further than this top 20, it's going to get a little hairy. We'll see. <laughs> uh, uh, number nine, I have Jarris Walker. That's out, who I have. Uh, Houston. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. 6'8. I love him to being a, a kind of a point forward in the NBA with his size and wingspan. Uh, can defend multiple positions. I think this is, this is a guy, he might not be, he might not have that ceiling, that star potential as much as the, some of these other guys, but I think he could be a very solid, like, versatile defender and, and type of mo- connector on offense for a lot mm-hmm. of uh, NBA teams. Uh, yeah, is it the quickest? But I think he can defend a lot of different positions. Great at getting the rim. I kind of, with how physical I've seen him play on film, I think I have a little Julius Randle vibes with him. Maybe a little more, a little more smooth. I, Julius Randle can be hard to watch. He just is like hey, a bulldozer. I, I know he gets his job done. He gets his job done when he's he's a bulldozer on the court. So we'll see. What I think Jerris Walker has a little bit of that in him, but is a little more smooth when he's playing on the court. But definitely yeah. someone I would like. It, 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 yeah, uh, I have him at number nine, nine. as well. Yeah, nine. Um, then I didn't know if you'd go deep enough into the Houston Cougars to know about Jarris Walker. I love the Houston Cougars. I, they, they're my favorite team right now to watch. They are you know, like, I've, like I've said on numerous pre, uh, previous episodes, Kelvin Sampson gets the type of guys that get punched in the mouth for breakfast and yeah. he can play basketball, and that's Jarris Walker to a T. Uh, I have him of like a hybrid of Jonathan Isaac and Kyle Anderson. Yes, I – Slow-mo. Exactly. I like him as a kind of like, you know, he's got the Jonathan Isaac prototype, not as long as Jonathan Isaac, obviously, but better offensive skill, which I think is where the Kyle Anderson kind of comes in. And Kyle Anderson is a very underrated defender in his own right. I Uh, mean, if that dude can stay on the court with how slow he plays and how he looks like he's playing slow motion, I mean, he's doing something right, you know. And that's what you're saying. I think the biggest thing that Jairus Walker is going to, like, spark interest from is, like you said, he's going to be a connector. Got, uh, teams that are, need to get into the playoffs and need to win championships need connectors all the time. They need people that can connect plays. You know, I think the Chicago Bulls, I think that's their biggest issue is they don't have a connector. Uh, I, a lot of teams out there would die for a connector, and I think that's Jairus Walker uh, perfectly summed up. So I agree. I got him at nine. Who you got at ten? I've got uh, an elite shooter, uh, and I like his size at six seven from Kansas, Grady Dick. <laughs> Grady Dick. I, another guy I I would like to see the Thunder draft around because I think the Thunder are going to fall in that seven to ten range. So, I'm, that's the kind of the range I've been kind of eyeballing. But uh, Grady Dick, yeah, out of Kansas, great shooter, can be streaky. Uh, but yeah, I, I I like his size and I just like how his, his his shooting ability could translate with that size at the next level. I think he'd be a great PNR guy. Mm-hmm. Um, lacks an elite first step. He's not the most athletic. Uh, but I think he's a, he's a skilled swingman that can can be a good three and D guy at the next level for sure. Uh, like I said previously, I have Casey Wallace here at ten, and I kind of gave my spiel on him earlier, so I won't dive back into it. But yeah. I have Grady Dick down at thirteen. Um, I love Grady Dick. I like what he does on the court. Uh, best shooter in the draft, and as we've seen in the last couple of years, the best shooter in the draft gets taken in the lottery. You know, Corey Kispert yeah. taken in the lottery. Uh, I, and that's kind of who I compare him to. He's Corey Kisper yeah. with, with more offensive potential, more ability to create his own shot, and more – I mean, he's more 
get to the basket. Yeah, uh, I, that's another thing. I, that's I think he's a little bit bigger than Corey Kispert, maybe probably a couple inches taller than him. But Corey sneaky big. He's like six six. Yeah, he he just looks a little bit smaller on the court, I mm-hmm. guess. But uh, yeah, he's not someone I've been so high on this year. So th- that comparison kind of worries me. But I do think great. Yeah, like you said, Grady Dick has a little more ability well, around the rim that I think we could. Make and the Corey Kispert comparisons more as far as like the shooting and the size. Grady, yeah, Grady Dick yeah. defends at a well enough level. You know, he's kind of like Sam Johnson at the Phoenix Suns. He's not going to lock anybody up, but he defends at a a a neutral level, and then his shooting just puts him wide up there where you can't not have him on the court. So he's going to be better than Corey Kispert. I just – that's kind of who he reminds me of. And I think Kispert will figure it out. Like, I just think it's going to take him a little – he just seems a little step slow on the court compared to everyone else. Like we said earlier, if you can shoot it, there's a place for you in Corey Kispert. Yeah, they'll find you. Brady Dick, so – uh, who you got at 11? 11, I've got Asar Thompson, the brother okay. of Amon Thompson. Uh, I think it's a little more boomer bust pick, obviously, uh, with that. He lacks even more of the jump shot and the shot creating ability. So, uh, not as the but I do think, like, if he can develop those, his ceiling's just as high as his brother's. I, I really like him. Uh, what else do I have for him? Yeah, great athlete, incredible. That, his vision, I think, on the court was his playmaker building. I think is even higher than Amon Thompson's right now. Uh, so that's just, and I'm high on him. I think he could be, but he's definitely boomer bust potential in the lottery for sure for me. Yeah, we're finally starting to get some uh, differences in our picks. Yeah, here. good. I have, good. I have Alsar down to number fourteen. So I'll give you my yeah. spiel on him before I go into my number eleven. Uh, I think Alsar is just a step below Amon in every single skill said there is. Yeah. I, think he's, I mean, he's not a bad player. He reminds me a whole lot of a Matisse Thibel. Uh He's a lot younger than Matisse Thibel was when Matisse Thibel got drafted, but he, you know, he defends well. He passes well. He does all that well. He just cannot shoot the ball, he's, and his shot's worse than Almond's. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get that figured out. But, I mean, down here at the bottom of the lottery, you take someone with a great amount of potential, which is what All-Star is. Yeah. Uh, and then sticking on our agenda, Boomer Bus picks at eleven. I have Derek Whitehead. Um, yeah, out of Duke. You know he hasn't really done anything this year. And if you're dra- he's kind of like Mark Williams, oddly enough, straight from Duke as well. Where the size, the athleticism, the ability to protect the rim, you just kind of take a shot on. And Mark Williams isn't playing that much in the NBA right now, but he's absolutely destroying the G League. And yeah. I think. I was, if you remember, I was huge on Mark Williams coming out. Yeah. I hated him, but I like, just, he moved well enough. He shot the ball well enough. Uh, I think he'll be a really good center going forward, just like I think Derek Whitehead, if he kind of gets it figured out with his health and everything like that, I think you take a shot on, on him here at 11. So, I like that. Uh, number 12, I have your, who you've already had a uh, draft. I think you had him at 10. I think that's right. Uh, Cam Whitmore, is that where you had him? Seven. Oh, you had him seven. Okay, so I had him at uh, twelve. Uh, I like Cam. I just uh, he, his size. He's a little in betweener, uh, a little bit in that six six range. Kind of might be a, a weird spot to be, which I just always feel that way with when I'm thinking about prospects. But mm-hmm. I really like his. I mean, he's super athletic. Uh, obviously, he needs to improve his outside shot. Mainly, just getting it off quicker. He has a slow shot. I've noticed it seems like his slow release, but. Um, I've liked what I've seen at Vinova so far. I, I think he can move up the board for me because he seems to elevate the, the play around him mm-hmm. as well. So I think that's something we should note. Um, but yeah, uh, creating space, I think he can improve that. But plays super physical on defense, great out transition. 
obviously going to make some big highlight plays, I think, forever drafts him. Yeah, I, I had him back when we originally planned to do this. I had him at 12, and yeah. he's just been rising for me. Yeah, he's, played, he's been playing – played has, a hell, has had a hell of a first week. Yeah. Coming back. I mean, yeah he reminds me a whole lot of a guy from last year, Tari Eason out of LSU. He reminds me yeah. a whole lot of yeah. as far as build goes, but he's offensively just like light years ahead of Tari Eason. And Tari Eason killed it in the summer league, and he's been playing pretty good in his role in Houston this year. And so I kind of – I got Cam Whitmore playing like a Tari Eason type of guy, just better offensively. Uh, at 12, I have Keontae George out of Baylor. Oh, yep. Uh, the guard. Uh, my A lot of people I've seen have him higher, which I'm glad you didn't have him higher than this. I don't. I have him lower than this. So, yeah, uh, I don't, obviously. I don't, buy, uh, I don't buy into him very much. And my I don't either. That is like, how much better is Keontae George than Jaden Hardy was last year? Yeah, and I, I just, I don't. When I watch him, I struggle to see what like everyone's mm-hmm. so excited about. Like he does, he does sol- everything pretty solid on the court. I just don't see like that, you know, that X factor that yeah. Works and out of and I have, like I said, I have him at twelve here, and I just after looking at a bunch of mod graphs, I couldn't bring myself to have him outside of the lottery, even if I think he should be. Um, but like my biggest note I have on him right here is literally like Jaden Hardy got drafted at thirty five. How much better is he than Jaden Hardy was last year? Or, or uh, Andrew Nimhard, right? How much yeah. better is he than Andrew Nimhard was? I get he's younger, but how much better? And then a big one I have, who I don't have him in the first round, but realistically, how much better is he than R.J. Davis in North Carolina? Right. You know what? Really he may be a little bit bigger, and he's younger, but how much better is he really? And I don't think I don't think the answer is very much. And so I have him at twelve here. I think I should have him low. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But oh, yeah. Definitely agree there. Um, number 13, I have Derek Whitehead. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I've liked what I've seen so far. I think uh, I have he's 6'6", great at pulling up, doesn't need much space to get a shot off. I think he, he's great at hitting shots in traffic as well. Um, definitely, I think I just had him a little bit lower just because of his size as well, only 6'6". But uh, thrives off contact. I think he'll be great playing physical at the next level. Uh, obviously, I think he can move up my board as well, just like Whitmore, the more I see from him. Yeah. Uh, at 13, I have, I already gave my spiel on Derek Whitehead, and then at 13, I have Grady Dick, which I already talked about, best shooter in the draft. He'll get drafted in the lottery, so we can move on to 14. 14 for me is, I I kind of saw this as, like, there's going to be a team here that falls here in the lottery that, you know, they don't they don't really know who they want. I think they're going to be a little stuck on picking, and I think there's going to, this guy's just going to fall to him, like, oh, well, he kind of fell here, we'll take him, and that's Keontae George. Yeah. Uh I think this is a guy I wouldn't take until maybe in the later teens, but I think someone will take him at 14. Um, who knows? I'm, we, I, I think we're both down on Keontae George, but who knows what can happen. I just – him playing at <laughs> – I think him playing at Baylor, too, also just throws me off. I just – it's hard to yeah, but watch. Yeah, think he would get that Baylor bump because of all the guards that are coming out of there just killing it. That was I That's he true. Just, they have – he's, just, he he's just a weird size. I just don't see what I – I know I just don't picture him at the next level. I just don't know what I see him as. You know, I think there's a lot of unknowns for me. He's not much bigger than Casey Wallace, but everybody acts like he's just so much better, and I don't understand it. And I think it's just his name and him coming out of high school. He was so highly touted, but yeah. Who you got uh, at fourteen? At fourteen, I have Osar, which I talked about earlier. Oh, okay. Uh, you know he he reminds me a whole lot of like Matisse Thybul type of player. He's going to defend, yeah. he's going to get out in transition, he's going to get steals. But on the far of the offensive, I don't see it really coming around for him 
as much as I yeah, it's it's him. it's definitely more of a work in progress than his brother. And I mean, it's going to be a definitely a, like a grave concern for ever drafts him. Like they're going to be banking on that working out. He gives me as much. I have this comparison for somebody else later in the draft too, but he gives me kind of Nas Little vibes. Which yeah, not good vibes. Not vibes that you want. So. You said Nas Little and Matisse Thybulle. Those are not vibes I want on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I just like. I'm like. I can see Matisse Thybulle just sitting wide open in the corner for 30 minutes a game. Yeah, for sure. Fifteen here out of the fifteen. Yeah. Do you want to? Kind of go first, because I, I, or do you like this? What we're doing right here? You up to you. you okay, okay. Uh, so uh, this guy's underrated for me. Another Houston guy. I'm in love with the Houston guys. Marcus Sasser at 15, oh, <laughs> six two. I I just feel like he could be a great combo guard at the next level. I feel like he's he's shown me enough that he can create his own shot. He, he's enough of a playmaker for me. I don't obviously I don't know if he's going to be a full on point guard, but I feel like he's a nice. I, I feel like he, he could be a very strong six man, kind of uh, kind of have that. He has Tim Hardaway vibes for me, but more of a play, more playmaking than Tim Hardaway, and not as streaky as Tim Hardaway. Uh, so I, I like him at fifteen. I think so much to take a chance on him there. So I got two things to say about that. <laughs> One, I do not want Marcus Sasser in my first round. Oh no, two, I, I'm just so high on Easton's playing. But two. Come draft time, I will not be surprised if he's drafted anywhere in this first round. I don't have him here, but I you can't argue against anything he's done. Yeah, he's just playing so, so well. He's shown me a lot. Defender, he can score the ball. I don't hate that. I don't hate him that you have him in your first round. Fifteen maybe a little high for my taste, but I like I do like Marcus Sasser. All right. Uh, got a fifteen. I have Kalel Ware out of Oregon. Okay. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of taking him off of a straight potential. You know, he's like 7'1". Uh, he can shoot it. He can do just about everything that except uh, bang in the post like a 7'1 kid should be able to do. Uh, he kind of scares me. He reminds me a lot of Kai Jones from Texas a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, big, lanky athlete who could shoot it. And I mean, I don't think I've seen Kai Jones play one NBA minute. I think Khalil Ware is better than Kai Jones, but... You know, drafting him here, I'm taking him off of his pure potential to be like what Bull Bull is currently. He's definitely a potential pick for sure. Yeah. But I think that's as we get deep in the first round, that's what it ends up being for yeah. a lot of teams. Is it's either, that you guys either to draft develop. pure potential or you draft like the 25 year old who's going to come in and help. Yeah. Speaking of potential at number 16, uh, I've got, uh, forgive me, Baba Miller. Yeah, Baba Miller. Yeah, okay. Out of Florida State, uh, obviously not playing. Florida State's playing absolutely terrible. But I, 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 I like he's six eleven. Obviously, this is a huge potential pick. A lot of upside body frame for this NBA era. I, I really like. Um, he he's shown the ability to shoot in the in the video, you know, in the scouting videos I've seen. Uh, get to the rim, but I think very raw in terms of playmaking ability and. Well, that's definitely like a, a year or two development for whoever drafts him. But I, I like, I like with his size, I like what he could become at the next level for sure. Yeah, I have, I have Bobo Miller down at twenty eight. But in my notes, I say haven't seen him yet. If we do, I can see him rising quickly. Yeah, and so, that's another thing we haven't seen him. You know, you know, he's got Florida. that. He has that BS suspension from the NCAA for the first yeah. fifteen games. So, you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if when that suspension's up, if he just doesn't play. Because, yeah. you know, if he plays bad in the last 
10 games of the year could hurt his draft stock. He's going to get drafted in the first round regardless if he plays or not. So if we see him, I can see him rising quickly. So I don't hate that pick either. I have him compared to like a Jaden McDaniels in Minnesota. Yeah. Like that type of player. And I think Jaden McDaniels in two years is going to get paid a pretty hefty amount. Cause he's yeah, like, he's shown he's enough this year. And one through four. Yes, he's definitely come onto his own this year a lot. Yeah. So I don't hate that. At 16, I have Jaquavion Smith out of North Carolina State. Uh, the only note I have on him is Lou Williams Light. Yes. He's he, a combo guard that yeah. – like, yeah, go ahead. I was just – he's my he's, next pick, so we can both talk about him here. He's Lou Williams. He's Ben Gordon. He's Jamal Crawford. That's yeah. like that's what he is. He's a sixth man. He will not start in the NBA. Um, skinny guy, weighs like 170 pounds, but can absolutely fill it up. I mean, he yes. is he is Lou Will. He is Jamal Crawford. He's Ben Gordon. Just yeah, he has, has potential player. where he could put up 30 up on an, any random mm-hmm. night. Like a, he can if he gets hot. Uh, I feel like he he might he has to find early in his career he has to find ways to create space with how tiny he is. Uh, but I think he'd be a pesky defender. He kind of like you know, we've seen Jose Alvarado be a pesky defender. I don't, I don't yeah. see why he couldn't be that type of guy. But yeah, definitely a six man role for me, PG type uh, six man role. That, it wouldn't surprise know, me if we look up in six years and there's a headline that Jaquavion on Smith just dropped fifty in the Garden, like Jamal Crawford. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, just, I love the name. Jaquavion is he's a he's a chucker. He's just gonna go get his, and you know that's a that's a valuable thing to have. Yeah. So I had him at, was that 17 we just went over? I had him at 17, so you yeah. have him at 17. 17. Uh, okay. Next, I've I've got uh, Chloe Ware, which we've already talked about. Okay, my uh, 17th, I have uh, Jet Howard out of Michigan. Okay. Uh, I like uh, that pick. Eight, he's 15, averaging 15 and 5 on 50% from the field and 45 from 3. Uh my big concern with him is he's shooting 60% from the line. So I don't know how much that 45 from three is really, you know, I can buy into it. But yeah. so far in the year, I've really liked what I've seen from him. I think he's kind of came out of nowhere. No one really expected him to be as good as he has been. And yeah, I'm just definitely. Hoping... Do what? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just kind of hoping it's not a hot start and he can ride it out for the rest of the year. Yeah, I like his size at six seven. I think he's shown a lot playmaking and shooting-wise that, Made a little bit more developed tonight than we all thought. So definitely someone I think that can contribute pretty quickly. I just mm-hmm. don't know what, how high that ceiling is for him, but uh, definitely like him there. We had eighteen now. Yeah, eighteen uh, or eighteen or nineteen. I just Where know I have Chris Murray next. Uh, Chris Murray. Uh, you have Chris Murray at eighteen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Chris Murray. Have, at eight. Go ahead and go ahead and talk about him a little bit. Uh, out of Iowa, six eight. You know, Keegan Murray's little bro- brother. Um, twin he brother. likes twin brother. Sorry, twin brother. I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, we've seen Keegan Murray show some uh, success. The next level playing on that Kings team. So uh, definitely someone I've kind of, kind of, I've liked how he's played at Iowa so far. Uh, overall, good shooter, defender, rebounder. I think he does a lot of things well. Uh, has a pretty solid around. Well, uh, like all around game, um, and, he, and he plays really well off the ball. I think he can be definitely a really nice, high upside role player for an NBA squad. I have I have a Chris Murray at nineteen, so I have him one more pick after this. Yeah, uh, I just think he's like the light version of his brother. 
he, you know, he does everything pretty well. I'm not as sold on his offensive consistency. You know, like Keegan, whenever he was playing, he's going to get 17 to 25, like somewhere in that range every single night in college he would get it. And I can't remember what he's averaging right now in his rookie year. He's dealt with some health issues, but when he mm -hmm. plays, he's getting anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15, which is great as a rookie. But I don't see Chris being as consistent as that. So I, yeah. can, see him, I can see him being a good little backup role here and drafting him at 19. That's not a bad thing to get. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that was 19 because I'm, I'm down to 20. I'm on my next. I think unless we skipped one, I'm missing somebody. But I think that was 19 for me. Okay, well, I, we might just have missed one because I have I have Murray at nineteen at eighteen, which whatever if we're off one, we're yeah, off. yeah, go ahead. Uh, so before Chris, I have Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine. Okay, yeah, uh, I really like what he's doing out there. He's a six foot seven wing, averaging eighteen and eight. Not shooting the ball too well right now, but that Pepperdine team just kind of uh, gets it out and goes. They just run and gun, and so his numbers are a little bit inflated, and his shooting splits are a little bit, you know, worse than what they probably would be, but. I just, you know, at 18 here, I think you take a shot at, like, a guy, like, on Maxwell Lewis and see what you can get out of him. Yeah. I think what threw us off was I had Terquavion Smith in one of my teams as well, So I th and we, I kind of missed him. But we talked about – you talked about him. So, who where did you have him at? I had him at 16, Terquavion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's where I kind of got uh, – So, now we're heading at 20, correct? Yes, yes, okay, correct. In 20, I've got Jet Howard, who you okay. had him a couple picks earlier – uh, like I said, six seven solid shooter does a little thing, does a little bit of everything pretty well. Uh, definitely somebody that has shown a lot early in this college basketball season. That uh, kind of moved him up in my first round for sure. Uh, at twenty, I have Judah Mintz out of Syracuse. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is another one off of pure potential. He's a big combo guard. Uh, kind of scary. He's shooting like twelve percent from three. So. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that, that's kind of sketchy. And yeah, that would have me. It's funny that I'm having him here at number 20 because his comparison I have him to is Malachi Richardson, also from Syracuse. Yeah. And, you know, huge bust. But Judah Mintz, who's a highly touted prospect, um, over the last, like, decade, decade and a half, anybody that goes to Syracuse and comes out kind of overachieves where they were drafted at, that Jim Beheim just doesn't run an offensive system that right. knows what you can do. And I think he's just kind of given up on coaching these last three years because he's a thousand years old. So I, I kind of believe in Judah Mintz. I hope he doesn't turn out to be a bust, but he very well could be. That's boomer bust right there. Yeah. Uh, twenty one. So obviously, like we said, we're gonna kind of speed speed up a little bit through these. I, I so I mean, you do you? I just have some guys written down here for my next ten. Okay. But um, I, at twenty one, I have uh, Imani Bates out of Eastern Michigan. Uh, obviously, he's doing what he. Everyone seems to see that he's playing pretty well at Eastern Michigan right now. He's balling out. I'll, I'll give him that. But it, I think he should. If he's the player we all thought he was coming out of high school, he should be he's just doing his job at Eastern Michigan like he should. Um, I think what scares me about Imani, I think he might have trouble finding his role, his, his kind of his niche in the league. I think he's going to want a bigger role than maybe some teams are willing to give him. But I, I think he's shown it. He can, he can score. He can fill it up. Uh, can kind of be careless on offense, not the best rebounder, but uh, I think his potential, you, you kind of can take that risk to at 21 for him. Yeah, I have, I have Imani down at 24. Um, I mean, anywhere from 21 to 26, you draft somebody that's as young as he is with as much potential as he has. 
uh, you deal with it. Usually these, these picks are a contender or a guy that, or a team that's, you know, a seven or eight seed. So drafting somebody with this much potential is a good pick. Right. Um, he he kind of reminds me a whole lot of Will Barton, who also played. Yeah. Him, but, you know, he, he come off the bench, gets you 14 to 18 points inefficiently. But you yeah. know, he's on that, that's kind of what I see Imani as. Uh, at 21 for me, though, I have Kyle Filipowski out of Duke. Okay. Um, I put down Lori Markin in light, but I don't – I just thought that was funny. I don't really think he's near as good as Laurie was in college. Or as, yeah, but it's a solid call. Um, I have him more – I think his ceiling is like a current Kevin Love. Yeah. Uh, rebounder, step out, he's just going to stroke from deep, which – pause. But um, I think he's just, <laughs> just going to step out there and be able to hit shots from deep. You know, he's, I say current Kevin Love because obviously Kevin Love in Minnesota was an absolute animal in the paint, and Kyle Filipowski will not be that. But he will be, you know, he'll, he'll sit out there and he's going to be a stretch five. I wanted to compare him to Brooke Lopez, but he doesn't have that defensive yeah. Uh, as well. So I, I have him as current K-Love, but, but I think that's a good pick to have at 21. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to 22, I've got Jalen Wilson out of Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, six seven. I. I was high, really high on him coming into the season. I think he's kind of not been as dominant as I thought he was going to be at Kansas so far this year. So, But he's gotten better as the season got on. He, he just kind of kind of had a slow start. Um, might struggle defensively at the next level. He, he seems to kind of struggle with the bigger, quicker quicker guards. But he's also a nice size, so I think he can make up for it in length. Um, but obviously, very skilled combo forward. Uh, can fill it up. Uh, so definitely somebody I would take around this range. I have uh, Jalen Wilson down at 26, but, you know, he's older, which is my issue with him. And Yeah. I compare him. I think his ceiling is like a Julius Randle type of player, but I think his I think he has a high floor. I think his floor could be like P.J. Washington out of Charlotte, which is like a serviceable big. Right. You know, he's, he's smaller, so like playing the four would be a little bit difficult for him, but he can shoot the ball, he can defend, and he can pass. And, you know, it's a, that's a real, like, common late first-round pick right there. I like Jalen Wilson as well. Yeah. Um, I have – what are we on, 22? I have, 22, yeah. I have Ryan Repair here, which you probably haven't heard. Have you heard that From name? France. From yeah. France. Okay. There we go. There we Ryan go. Repair out of France. He's a six-six point guard. Um, I think this is coming off a of straight potential as well. You know, my big scare with him is that he's going to end up like Dante Exum, which it won't be as big of a bust as Dante Exum because Dante Exum was drafted at number six. But, you know, I think here you're trying to look for a secondary ball handler, um, unless this is one of those picks that the Thunder have, which it probably is because they have a million first-round picks. But if this is a team that's like a seven or eight seed or like who got beat out in the play-in, a lot of the times you need that secondary ball handler in your second unit. You know what I'm saying? Like a backup right. point guard to come in that you can just – trust like tyus jones for memphis you know the yes. people like that just dependable consistent exactly i think ryan repair can be that so i have him here who, who you got at 23 23 i've got julian strother out okay. of uh gonzaga uh he, he's shown a lot he, i mean gonzaga's not been as dominant you know as they were the last couple of years but he's been pretty an offensive vocal point for them uh kind of had spotty you know not the best shot selection i've noticed in games but I, I like the potential there and uh, just an athletic skilled score that I think can, uh, you know, be kind of a, maybe fill it up off the bench role type of guy for a lot of teams in the NBA. Okay. Yeah. I like, I have Julian Strother at 27, but I, 
The only reason I have him at 27 is I think he has like a low ceiling. Man, when I yeah, say I don't low, think it's the highest ceiling for him yeah, for a player like. But him. when I say low ceiling, I think his floor is also like directly below his ceiling. Like he's yeah, you know what I'm saying he's gonna come in like we we're talking about three and D earlier. He's big, he's strong, he's like six seven, six eight. He can shoot, and his playmaking's a lot better this year. So like, he's got a low ceiling, but an incredibly high floor. I think he's gonna come in and just like benefit one of these teams in the late first round right off the bat. He's going to come off the bench, hit threes, and defend. So I, I right. really like Julian Strother, but I have him down at 27. But uh, uh, At 23 for me, I have Terrence Shannon out of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, Terrence Shannon was a highly touted high school prospect. He played at Texas Tech, I think, his first two years is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And really, really has been led off the leash here in Illinois to show his offensive skill set. Um Texas Tech is like a college that makes life hell on NBA scouts. Yeah. You know, you can't tell how good a player is just because they're just all about defense. And, you know, throw it back to Jarrett Culver. Uh, he was drafted, I think, number six, and that guy hasn't been in the NBA in three years. And so I think Texas Tech makes it really hard for teams to know how good somebody actually is. But seeing what I think, uh, I think Jarrett Culver's kind of got some starts in the last couple weeks for the Hawks. I think he's kind of like, had yeah, a resurgent I, with Atlanta, so we'll yeah, see. Atlanta's <laughs> it in, I guess. Yeah, they're well, they're struggling, so maybe yeah. playing Jarrett Culver's not the best decision. But Terrence, I think he's really just shown his offensive skill here. He's put up twenty points numerous times this year, and as we said, he played at Texas Tech, so he's obviously a hell of a defender. He's kind of on the older yeah. side, but I mean, down here in this area, I think this is where you start taking those guys. I can see him really being selected or being better than. You know, people selected between 15 and 25. I could see him being the best pick in that area in a couple of years. Right. But I like him a lot. Who, what pick are we on next? Uh, 24 next. And I have the center out of Duke, Derek Lively, okay. who I'm uh, not been impressed with at all. Uh, or is he, is, he, is he playing that much this year? I mean, I, I feel yeah, like I barely. Heard. So earlier when I gave my spiel on Derek Whitehead, I meant Derek Lively. I had those two mixed up, and I have all oh, yeah. year because they've both been hurt. Yes. They've both barely played, and they're both completely underachieving players. So Yes, and, and he, seemed a, he seems a little slow, and he's a big-time center. Uh, so I'm a little nervous about that pick. But, I mean, Somebody's going to be needing a big man, and they'll take a late round flyer on somebody that had a lot of potential and lottery interest, you know, before coming into this season. Hot so take. give me Derek Lively at this take, I did not have Derek Lively in my first round. Yeah, I, I can't blame cool. you. The biggest part is, you know, you're talking about how slow yet he looks. It's because yeah. he's dealing with a foot injury. And yeah. I don't think they're being honest with us on how, like, aggressive the foot injury is because he was a freak athlete in high school, and now it looks like he can't even, like, keep up with who's the center Duke brings off the bench. The Ryan something from Northwestern, this big, fat, white guy. Yeah. He just, he's, he's just playing better than Derek Lively. And I'm like, man, that's, you know, we've seen centers go down with foot injuries. You know, Yao Ming, his career was completely ruined by it. And Derek Lively's a big kid. So I, I, I don't have him. Yeah, seven foot one, right? Yeah. I don't have him in my first round because foot injuries in a center just scared me, especially when he comes back and he looks like this. I don't like it. And so yeah, I, I think he's a, there. I think he's a double double guy off the bench for teams. Uh, I just don't know in this era in NBA what like what his ceiling is. You know, he with that me because his big his big uh, weapon is shot blocking, but he can't right. rotate right now. 
Like he yeah, can't, he's super he's slow. Rim protection, he can't get from outside of the paint, you know. And you got guys like who, who's a good shot, like Clint Capella back in the day. He could be outside yeah. of the paint, take one step, be over there and cleaning that glass because he's so athletic. And Derek Lively's lost that step, so I don't, I don't like that. And he can prove in, in two weeks if he's completely healthy, he could prove to be a lottery pick. So don't get me right. At 24, yeah. I have Imani Bates, but I already talked about him, so we can move on to 25. Yeah, uh, 25, I've got Ricky Council out of, okay. out of Arkansas, uh, playing really well for Arkansas. I think Arkansas is just – they're so deep this year. I mean, they have – I feel like they have four or five guys that could potentially go first round for me. Because um, I also like Jordan Walsh. Uh, and I could also see him going, you know, top – late, late first round, early second. Um yeah, Rick Council and a, a, a combo forward uh, at six six. I, I like him at uh, twenty five. I, I also have Ricky Council here at twenty five. Uh, I like a lot what he does. I I had Jordan Walsh in my first round, and then I took him out because I just don't buy into his offense. But yeah, I think Ricky Council has been the best player on Arkansas so far. Which For is sure, incredible considering we had two top eight picks earlier. Anthony offseason. Black, yeah. And so I think Ricky, Ricky Council's been their best player right now. Uh, I just – he's kind of a one-sided player. He doesn't defend too well, and he's just – he's a bucket getter, which a 6'6 bucket getter at 25 is exactly what you want. Yeah. What you got at 26? Uh, 26, I've got – shout out to my guy Arthur Kaluma, who hit uh-huh. the buzzer beater earlier this week. I, I can't remember who that came against. You know, Do you remember who that came against? I, I, he, he hit a buzzer beater earlier this week. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, I, I like uh, him at uh, 26, 6'7 out of Creighton, um, an athletic combo, uh, high motor type guy at combo forward. Um, I feel like he'd be a really good hustle guy for a lot of teams. Do the dirty, do the dirty work on the on the floor, and uh, I think he needs to improve his shooting. But he's shown the ability to score off the dribble and and kind of come off screens and and get to the rim. So I, I like him at this spot. I think he has. I think he has a higher ceiling than some of these guys we've listed so far in the, in the middle yeah. 20. Yeah, he he's definitely has a higher ceiling. He hasn't played too well this year compared to what he ended the year at last year, so it kind of bummed yeah. me out of my first round. But, you know, again, he's a guy that in two weeks could be talked about at number 20, you know, if he, picked, right. if he picks up. And really his biggest thing, if that outside shot starts falling at a higher rate, then I'm way higher on him. You know, that's, For what, sure. that's what it is. He does everything really well, but he's – he just he has to be able to hit that shot at like a thirty seven percent rate in the NBA. So we got to see if he can do that. At twenty six, I have Jalen Wilson, which I talked about earlier. So we can move on twenty seven. Twenty seven. I've got Dylan Mitchell out of Texas. Uh, very another athletic combo forward, six eight. Um, I think he also needs to improve. He's very raw offensively, totally, pretty much. But obviously needs to improve the, the shooting as well. But I like how he attacks the rim and his finishing ability around the rim. And he seems like he'd be a great uh, rebounder as well for a lot of teams. So can jumpstart the offense, I think. And he could be – I feel like he has some uh, – obviously a higher ceiling as that as he develops his offensive game. Yeah, I have Julian Strawler at 27, which I talked about earlier as well. But just my yeah. take on Dylan Mitchell, a lot of people have him in this area. Um He's the exact type of player I don't like to draft. Yeah. Oh, my Siri heard me. Um, <laughs> he's, he's like the exact type of player I don't like to draft, and I get down here at this level, it's worth a shot to take a flyer on him. I just think I would rather have something if I'm in this area more sure. Right. Uh, but a lot of NBA teams don't listen to me, and they don't think the same way I think. So 
Uh, I've seen him here a lot. He's a heck of a defender. If he gets his offense even like remotely figured out, then he, he definitely deserves to get drafted in this area. Yeah. Uh, next, I've got that 28. Uh, we've already talked about him. Judah Mintz out of Syracuse is my guy at 28. Obviously, yeah. I think he could be a little bit moving up higher for me, uh, but definitely like what I've seen so far out of, you know, out of and, Syracuse. And my 28 is also a guy we've already talked about, Bob Miller. Uh, again, okay. If we see him, if he com- comes back and plays this year, it would not. I would probably bump him up to my lottery within it, in it like just automatically because he's just got all the tools. I just don't think we'll see him, and I think it's gonna be hard for teams to take a shot on him without seeing him play at all. Um, yeah. So twenty nine. Twenty nine. I've got uh, Tyrese Proctor out of Duke. Okay. Um, I think I really like him here because I, I think he 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 can shoot really well and be a pass first point guard as well. So I think he could be a really great, like, just offensive playmaker off the bench for a lot of teams playing that. Just being, you know, kind of like, uh, like you said, Tyce Jones, Trey Jones, yeah, uh, type role because he does lack the athletic and elite like explosiveness that we that maybe some of these other guys we've said it, you know, in the lottery. I think that's kind of what keeps Tyrese Proctor in this lower first round. But someone I would really like at the next level is a backup PG to have in your team. I have at 29, I have uh, Julian Phillips at Tennessee, five-star coming into this year. Um, he's really struggling to score the ball right now, but that entire Tennessee team is really struggling to score the ball. So yeah, uh, the only thing that scares me about Julian Phillips here, I think taking a five-star guy at 29 is worth the risk. The only thing yeah. that scares me is uh, Tennessee, Rick Barnes has had like two five-stars the last couple years, and Brandon Hundley Hatfield and Josiah Jordan-James. And Brandon Hundley Hatfield is now playing at Louisville, and we see how good he's playing there. He's playing all right. the way. So I'm scared that Rick Barnes is not, you know, not able to develop players properly at Tennessee. And so we'll see like that with Julian Phillips. I just think taking a five-star at number 29 is worth the risk. It's kind of yeah, like absolutely. Watson got drafted last year. It's like the same type of deal. Getting great value there, like at yeah. 29 for a guy that was highly regarded. Yeah. Um, and number 30 to round it off for me is Leonard Miller with the G League Ignite still. Uh, I think you can kind of take my a lot of my top, my first round. There's a lot of upside, high potential young guys, which I think it's, it's common. But uh, he's definitely going to have a, a learning curve when he gets to the league. I think he'll spend, he'll, you'll see him in the G League quite a bit in his first couple of years. But I, I, at 6'11", I love his size and his length. Um, has some upside perimeter score, but I, I think definitely a project. But someone I think could, could has a definitely high ceiling. I like at thirty. Yeah, thirty. I have Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana. Uh, I think great score. Thirty. The pick should almost always be used on someone like Trace Jackson Davis. He's a someone that's proven. Maybe yes, exactly. Yeah, he's a full grown man with full grown man strength and full grown man athleticism. Um, he blocks the hell out of shots. He's a high energy dude. And he's athletic enough, I think, to guard on the perimeter some. So, like, at number 30, drafting a backup big that can play small ball and rebound and block shots, I think is the perfect time to pick that guy. So I have him here at 30. Uh, and then I got five dudes outside of the first round that I think could get some consideration if you want me to name yeah. them all. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Three of them you named in your last five picks, I think. So, again, I'm right there with you. One of those is Dylan Mitchell. Talked about him. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't say it earlier, but I did say way earlier in this podcast that I have the comparison of Nas Little with somebody else, and that's what I have with Dylan Mitchell. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you're drafting him at 
anywhere from 27 to 35 and you he has the Nas Little comparison I don't think that's a bad a bad comparison uh Nas Little got paid this past offseason so I mean he's earning some run in the NBA with the Trailblazers yeah um, two other dudes that you already talked about Leonard Miller I have him actually at 31 right outside of that first round okay. uh, I'm gonna say a name that I know you love hearing uh Bruno Caboclo <laughs> Is One that, year away from being a year away from being a year away. From being a year away from being Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's that's what I have. I have that on Leonard yeah. Miller here. Obviously, I think he's better than Bruno Caboclo was when he was drafted. And Bruno Caboclo was drafted like 14, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he was in the lottery. And so <clears throat> I have him. I think he's got a whole lot of potential. He almost came out in the draft last year at 17, and then he ended up deciding to go to the G League instead. So I think that was a good yeah. move. He's got just massive amounts of potential, so I like him. Um, so Dylan Mitchell, Leonard Miller, I have Tyrese Proctor, who you also talked about. You know, yes. He's that Josh Giddy type of player. Came out of the same academy as Josh Giddy from Australia, the NBA Skills Academy. Um, unathletic passer that can't shoot, and that's what Tyrese Proctor is. You know, He's not on the same level as Josh Giddy. Obviously, Josh Giddy is probably a top five, top ten passer in the NBA right yeah. But Tyrese is more athletic than Josh Giddy, so I think he's got a lot of potential to get a spot up there. Uh, at For 34, sure. I have Adem Bona out of UCLA. He's um, an incredibly athletic big man. You know, I talked about Trace Jackson Davis being a good pick at 30. Uh, I think if you get Adem Bona in the second round, he's a good backup big. He reminds me a lot of Jericho Sims on the Knicks, who right. I think should play a lot more, but Tom Thibodeau's an idiot, so he doesn't. <laughs> But yeah, uber athletic guy, and he comes in at the weirdest times in games. He's he plays, so weird. And he'll play Isaiah Hartenstein thirty minutes. Um, yeah. But and then at thirty-five, I'm going to be kind of a homer here. R.J. Davis. Um, you got to get him in there. I don't understand, you know, why he's not talked about at least in the second round. He's, you know, like Neymard yeah. last year. They're the same type of player, consistent bit or consistent point guard that can shoot the ball and takes care of it. Tyus yep. Jones, Trey Jones, all these guys. I think somebody needs to take a flyer on R.J. Davis here in the second round, and it will pan out for him. He'll be a backup point guard, T.J. McConnell type of player. Yeah. T.J. McConnell's a great player to have on your yeah, roster. Yeah, serviceable point guard that you know that's going to run the offense great, you know, at, at what it needs to be doing every single night. Yeah. But that wraps up uh, all of my mock, Marshall. Yeah. Um, I think, I th- I'm excited. I'm going to keep track of this because I know we'll do this again and kind of maybe do it more – uh, based off of team need, you know, when we kind of get close, kind of see where the lottery's kind of developing. Yeah, I so think around like post All Star break. Yeah, that'd be, be another time to do it because then the trade deadline's over, and and we've seen a lot from the college guys after that. Be yeah. almost tournament time, so so we'll get you guys out another one there. Uh, next yeah. Sunday we'll go back to our normal type stuff, talking NBA and college basketball as yeah. always. Uh, keep listening, keep sharing it, give us a rate if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, if you got anything you want us to talk about, any questions to send us, or anything just in general you want us to touch on the pod, shoot us an email. I'll put that in the episode description. Um, other than that, Marshall, you got anything? Nope. Uh, All right. Look forward to talking to you again next week. All right. We're out. See you. All right. See you.